Hi, folks. Welcome to Follow the Leader, a podcast focused on telling character-driven stories through the use of GMless tabletop games where we can all take the lead. You can find us on Twitter and Tumblr at FTLCast. We also have a Patreon at patreon.com slash FTLCast. Uh, today we're playing with Fire Thy Affections Hold a Wing, a Riverhouse game by Taylor Labresh. For those of you who are new to this game, here are the basics. Two worlds spin as one in the misty air of the void. Two imposing rocks alight in fog. Both worlds ripple with airy crags and the rush of wind buffets both those who live on the surface. The wings of dragons fly here, and those who ride them know the air well. Two worlds spin as one as dragon and rider come together, looping acrobatics through the void. Just as the inhabitants of one world are unaware of the other, so too are the initiate and the hatchling, neither connected to the other, only thinking of themselves. Two worlds spin as one, and as the colossal spheres hurtle towards each other on a cataclysmic collision course, the souls of riders and dragons move to intersect as one. At the end of the story, both will be one, or both will be none. I'm Dora, and you can find me at HarpyDora on Twitter, and my pronouns are they, them. Playing with me today, we have... I'm Jade, you can find me on Twitter at JadeOxfordRose, and I also use they, them pronouns. And that's it, it's just two of us. I How's know, that? it's it's so weird. Yeah, today it's we're... so quiet in here. <laughs> we're doing a, a special two-player game, so we'll see how this goes. Um, <laughs> our lines, which are things we absolutely do not want to see, are homophobia and transphobia, racism, sexism, violence against children and animals, sexual assault, domestic violence or intimate partner violence, and unwanted pregnancy. Our veils, which are things we're fine with addressing but we'll just fade to black on, are steamy situations and graphic descriptions of bodily harm. Now that we've got all that, let's get started. to read the play stuff from page three of the pdf the social fiction game tell the story together do we want to rattle yes that this is cool this is a social fiction game for two players both of you together will tell the story of a young dragon and its young rider both coming of age against an apocalyptic background you will both tell the story but each person will take ownership of their character's actions words and perspective detailed rules are later in the playbook but the game will play simply as an improvised role play session you will tell this story together in framed scenes, making wagers about what story beats will happen narratively in each scene. If you play it safe, your story will be easier to tell, but may not have the happiest outcome. If you play it risky, you will have to be on your toes as an improviser and will have scenes full of expectations. The game may be harder to play, but it will have a much better ending. As you play scenes and make wagers, you will bond with one another, blending the souls of dragon and rider. The more story beats you wager and include in your scenes, the more bonds you will produce with your partner. However, if you wager a story beat and your role-played scene does not deliver, you will lose bonds as the egos of dragon and rider clash. At the end of every scene, the other world, a mirror of your own, moves closer. After five scenes, it impacts with yours and you and your partner will undergo an apocalyptic test. If you are bonded well, you will survive. If you bonded poorly, you will perish.
Uh, see, what's interesting about this game, and it's really rad, is it's very much designed to have like uh, tactile aspects to it. Uh, one of the things it instructs uh, as part of the play materials is a ball or roll of yarn as a way to indicate the bonds. Uh, it's it. So we're 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 as we like to do at Follow the Leader, and not just by virtue of the fact that we play remotely, so none of us are in the same place at the same time. Is that you know we like a challenge. Um, but originally, uh, as per the play materials, uh, the way that the bonds between dragon and rider are represented in this game is by grasping hands with your partner and looping or draping yarn or cloth around your grasped hands. You will be making many bonds during the game. It's incredibly important not to loop tightly as circulation is important. If you notice circulation is lost, stop play immediately and address this. I love this. But it's great. The the play materials have got a whole good thing about touch and safety, about making sure you and your partner know what boundaries you're comfortable with with regards to touch and such things as that. But it's it's a really cool mechanic that I've not really seen before. We've come across like physical aspects to integrate with games, like uh, Starcrossed has been played um, on the live stream. But yeah, it's uh, it's very cool. It is. Um, and as our uh stand in for physical touch with each other we've both decided that we are going to maintain physical contact with um a couple of plushies that we have um mm-hmm. i have chosen to uh use a uh little crab that i have that i've named horseshoe and today the part of dora's hand will be played by a piplup plushie <laughs> so um the form and structure of the game uh the main form of this game story is told scene by scene of a dragon and their rider. Uh, We've already decided who wants to be the dragon and who wants to be the rider. And uh, after we've decided who's playing which, um, we read through the opening Mad Lib to set the scene of the game. Um, This call and response will help establish a mood for the game and also set up uh, some introductory details to get us going. Uh, There are five scenes to play through. As we play through each scene, uh, we read the title of the scene and review each uh, role's wagers involved, um, which are the story beats and elements that may come up during a scene. And if we see a wager listed that uh, we think will come up in play, we'll make a mental count of it. And once we've looked at uh, our wager list and counted our, our wagers, uh, we have to tell each uh, each other how many we've chosen, and you must choose at least one. So, yeah, and um, as you... Uh... Sorry, as you go through the scenes, uh, if a wager happens in the fiction, you get to uh, loop um, the yarn or whatever around your the gra- around the grass hands. I've got my own little spool of stuff to do it. Uh, it's just a fun visual indicator of how many bonds you've maybe been a- or you've been able to establish. So, it's cool. Yep. I'm just very excited by the novelty of having tactile props. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty exciting. Um, <laughs> and after we've chosen our wagers, we set aside the document and act out our scene with our partner. So the first thing that we do is uh, we start with the prologue when we met on the cliffs. Uh, mm-hmm. This play takes place after we've decided who's playing who. Um, and it tells of how the writer stumbles upon the dragon fresh from the egg on a precarious cliff hanging off into the misty abyss. Uh, We use the prologue to establish details about our world and the characters we'll be playing, and this sets the stage for the bond between Ryder and Dragon. Mm -hmm. After this scene, the second planet becomes barely visible in the night sky. 
choice. Do we want to say who we're playing or are we yes, just going to go in? Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, absolutely. So I believe you start. Um, I'm playing the writer and I'm going to be playing Theo, who regular listeners of the show will have an idea of who that is. And Theo is using they, them pronouns. Yep. And I'll be playing the dragon um, and I'll be playing uh, Parker. Um, again, who regular listeners of the show uh, may recognize, but um, he uses he or they pronouns and um, is uh, basically just a very happy-go-lucky, optimistic individual. Whereas Theo is a very nervous person and a bit shy, but very enthusiastic about the things that they like. So should be a fun mix. All right. Let's start with uh, the prologue. Okay. It was a snowy day when I found you, and I was lost. I was cold and shivering on that cliff, hanging to life. We were both there at the end of our ropes. When I approached you, you recoiled from me. I was afraid you would push me to my doom. I saw your eyes go wide, and I knew you were scared. So I hung back. You said that you wouldn't mind helping me stay warm, and I knew you meant no harm. And then we say mm-hmm. the next part together as best we can. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saved, saved each, each other, other that, that day, day and, and began, began a bond that would lead, that would lead us, us to the, to end, the end, of end of the world. world. I'll try to edit that to be insane. Yep, I, I have faith in you. <laughs> <laughs> Power of the edit. Yep, we'll fix it in post. Okay, so now we take hold of our plushy substitutes and do a loop according to the material. So, because the bond has begun. Okay, the first scene. Rolling back up. The first Um, real scene. Oh, sorry. Does the loop? Does the loop count as? Does the first loop count as a bond gained? I assume so, because it's like you establish it. Like yeah. that, the first bond is that meeting and that moment, and then other bonds occur as you go on. Okay, I'm just going to note down that we've gained our first bond. Cool. The first real scene is when we tested our boundaries. In this scene, the dra- rider and dragon get to know each other and push each other in small ways. Mild annoyances, quirks, and clashes are common between young dragons and their riders, and this scene explores all of that. That said, these testing periods are also full of wide-eyed wonder and joy. The thrill of two souls meeting and twirling in this dance, exploring what is capable of each other, is exhilarating. After the scene resolves, the other planet moves closer as the weeks pass. It's now the source of odd talk around town. And the wages for when we tested our boundaries. For the dragon, I will catch a wild animal for the rider to eat. I will show the rider my hoard. I will dump the rider unceremoniously into a body of water. I will scare the rider with an unorthodox maneuver. I will singe the rider's clothing or hair. And for the rider, I will tell the dragon a story about my youth. I will give the dragon a trinket or bauble to wear. I will steer the dragon over a dangerous landmark. I will kiss the ground after a stomach-turning stunt. And I will sustain a minor wound. Which ones of these do I want to do? Hmm. 
Okay, I have my wagers. As do I. So we've both picked three, which is fantastic. Because <laughs> this is who Dora and I are as people. Yep. So yeah, we just dive in, I guess. Yeah. Um... So where do we think this scene is happening? Is it still snowy? Is it still like the winter season? Yeah, I like the idea of it being colder. I like the idea, you know, because there's always the, the you know, we've already established there's the idea of huddling for warmth. Um, mm -hmm. At least that's what Parker's interested to start with. Mm -hmm. But um, does this does this stuff happen immediately after we find each other or is this... I feel like it's maybe like in the sort of... Because I don't know whether we have to RP it directly. It feels like it's the first couple of weeks afterwards. Like I can see that first day is like Theo sort of after getting Parker somewhere safe and the two of them keeping each other warm maybe for the worst of that day's weather. Theo has to go back home to like the village or the town but like promises to come back and like comes back with like food and stuff. Okay. So maybe it's like the first time or the second time after that the that they've come back. Okay. And like they're proving themselves as reliable. I like that. And I think um I think one of the things that's happened while Theo's been gone is Parker has gone out and tried to prove themselves reliable mm -hmm. by by trying to find um some some rabbits or something that that they can mm -hmm. bring home uh to contribute to the food pile mm -hmm. important question as we have not established this what does parker look like and how big i imagine parker's like not about human sized almost like mm -hmm. actually no a little bit larger because i feel like parker is you know, already capable of supporting Theo's weight. Um, uh -huh. But they're very stout uh, with yeah. really strong wings. And I think they're they're probably modeled red and brown mm -hmm. with very, very wide brown eyes. God, that's cute. Holy shit. Um, amusingly, I think... Theo also has very big sort of brown eyes that just sort of like has that vibe of always looking a little bit alarmed like they're that kind of big mm -hmm. uh, and is very small but by the standards of like the people they grew up around like on the skinny side short dresses in lots of layers even probably when it's not cold mm -hmm. but this isn't like a wealthy town where they're from but uh, so there's probably not loads of food spare but they're they've been sneaky and tried to not leave anybody short but make sure that they can bring something for parker so they just sort of show up at the little cave slash campsite imagining sort of more of a, a cave just away from the very front of the cliff um and just like coming in like pushing the hood back like dusting some of the snow off trying to unwind the scarf a little bit and getting ready to um Maybe this time they've brought some like firewood or something because like Parker never has any issue lighting it, <laughs> yep. so um, it doesn't matter too much if it's a little bit damp 
as well. So like a small like bundle of firewood and like sort of almost trips over themselves as they get into the cave and sort of gets that going and notices the uh, the offering slash collection of uh, like rabbits and stuff like that. She's like, oh, that that's good. I can I can cook that. Or do you like it cooked? Would you rather have it raw? I don't want to assume. They're for you, so if you want them cooked, we'll cook them. Oh, that. Mm-hmm. Would you mind? Um, and starts like gathering the firewood into a pile, and then uh, steps back. Parker gets a little too uh, enthusiastic about lighting the fire, though. And doesn't mm-hmm. quite wait for Theo to step back quite mm-hmm. so quite so much before he's already breathing a, a jet of flame. Uh-huh. And uh uh as soon as he notices he's just like, Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh I think uh like Theo uh sort of stumbled back from that and probably tripped over like a bump in the cave floor and just like sprawled on their back. On their on their back and just like now patting out the uh, the singed uh, the slightly singed front of their uh, of their clothes, just uh, sits up sort of like uh, like shaking out their arm a little bit and holding it closer. No, 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 it's it it's fine, really. It's really it's fine. Accidents happen. Just I sh- I should have moved quicker. Parker just kind of like steps around the flame and like nuzzles a little at Theo and is just like I'm I'm so sorry. I'll 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 pay more attention next time. It's it it's okay. I'm just it's it's it, it's fine, Parker Alien sort of like pats them awkwardly back, but it's sort of like pleased that I know. I don't think people apologize to Theo a lot. So it's a bit of a a nice thing for them to experience. Aww. <laughs> and uh, Theo sets about like cooking the rabbits and uh, gets out the stuff that uh, they brought for Parker to eat. And they sort of like have this meal together, looking out over the cliffside. Do you think it's cliff that falls down onto rock at the bottom, or cliff si- a cliffside that goes over water? I like the idea of a cliffside going over water. Mm, me too. So they like sat there eating, and there's the uh, the vista in front of like the open water and like snowflakes just like lightly falling down onto it, and it's that kind of weird way the light starts diffusing through snow clouds. It's that sort of grey, but in the nice way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the border is pretty calm. Parker like picks through. The, the food that Theo's brought and it's just like not not gorging themselves mm-hmm. but still just like obviously really deeply enjoying eating mm-hmm. and eating with Theo like this is obviously mm-hmm. still novel to have somebody to share food with mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it takes for after them eating and like they're, they're cleaning up or whatever, or Theo is cleaning up and like goes out to the edge of the cave and like out onto the path a little bit and like sort of throws the 
the bones and whatever like down to the water to be to be carried away by that because this is not pollution this is fine i'm sure this is fine my 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 environmentally concerned brain just went is this an okay thing to do people do this show all the time it's fine yeah it's fine <laughs> like it's not a beach at the bottom of this cliff it's like the water it's fine <laughs> yep and parker looks a little sad now that food's food's done and is just like i i guess you've got to go back now i i, d- I don't have to go yet uh i, d- I don't want to go yet i just we could do something else what would you like to do parker gets like this this sort of broad expression on his face mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. i don't know if does theo would theo recognize it as a draconic grin yet because it's definitely a draconic grin uh-huh uh-huh i think theo maybe knows that that's a good face but doesn't necessarily know what exactly the face means exactly if that tracks yeah cool cool and uh Parker's just like I could show you around. Oh, um sure. I would li- I would like that. And with that Parker like moves forward and like uses their head to scoop Theo up so Theo's like mm-hmm. on their back and they're just like hold on. Theo does so. <laughs> Very tightly like knees either side gripping onto whatever like if there are any like bony protrusions on like the top of Parker's head or whether it's the yeah just around the neck just like not letting go anytime soon yeah it's definitely around the neck Mm -hmm. and uh Parker just like throws (laughs) themselves off off the cliff uh stretching stretching their wings out wide and then Mm -hmm. just like there are a couple of wing beats to slow to slow mm-hmm. the the descent and uh they skim like mm-hmm. they skim like the top of the waves like theo can probably feel some of the sea spray as mm-hmm. uh parker goes and uh mm-hmm. starts flying low and like there's this little grotto mm-hmm. that he brings theo to yeah and he lands there and is just like I found this the other day. Uh, Theo definitely shrieked on that initial plummet down and uh, was holding very tight through nearly all of that, like the fear response. And like when they land, sort of rolls off of Parker and just sort of like, just sort of hugs the ground for a minute <laughs> and kisses the ground. It's just like, uh-huh, uh-huh. That was a lot. Good a lot, good a lot, just a, a lot, a lot. And sort of like rolls onto their back and like looks up at the ceiling and around and at Parker to sort of take in the, the space. I think there's like bioluminescent lichen that yes. glitters. Very good. And uh, like it goes back a little ways and maybe there's some, I don't know, coral doesn't grow in cold climates but like there's some sort of like fantasy coral fantasy coral that grows in the back of (laughs) in the back of the grotto just Uh just some sort of like pseudo plant animal life 
that mm-hmm. would be of interest to a dragon. Mm-hmm. Um, they just sort of like probably has never seen the bio- anything like the bioluminescence, or just like staring around, eyes wide, just like this is so beautiful. Thank you. There's the the draconic grin again, and Park is just like, I'm so glad you like it. I do. Actually, and I think they uh, dart off to like the walls. I try to find like a loose piece of something and uh, find a couple of chunks. Uh, One piece that's very small, and they sort of pocket that, and they find a bigger piece, and they look at Parker, and they smile, do their own draconic grin, uh, like this sort of. It's very sort of warm smile, like crooked, but not in the disingenuous way just sort of like that's their face mm-hmm. and they um reach into their little uh like satchel bag that they've always got and pull out uh, a couple of strips of fabric or, or like leather and immediately start start twisting it and uh do like this little knotted thing around a chunk this this larger chunk so it's on like a strap and they come up to parker and just like holds it out just like to remember today and he's like looking for some but looks like well they're waiting for parker to say something before they like put it on him parker just like nods eagerly um given the size of it, it would probably go around a four leg or it could if there are any like does does parker have horns anything like a horn I don't think Parker has horns. I think okay. I think it would be a four leg. Okay. Then uh yeah, sort of like drops to a crouch and like sort of fastens it around one of uh Parker's four legs so like he can hold it up and see it if he wants to. That's so sweet. Oh well. And like Theo just blushes and doesn't really know what to say to that. <laughs> I feel like they maybe spend some time there just talking and enjoying that space together. Like, there's no way that somebody's probably going to find them there. So, I feel like this is the first time Parker hears their laugh, laugh properly. Like, as opposed to sort of like sort of quiet giggle, but like Parker says something or does something and like Theo laughs properly and it's like loud and it echoes off the root, uh, off the walls of the cave. And they just seem very happy. Because it's good is the thing. It is. Yeah, I've got... I don't know if you've got anything else for that scene or... I don't think so. Okay. So at the end of the scene, we go over what wages were won and how many bonds there now are. I got all three of mine. I got all three of mine, so... Woo! We gained one, two, three, four, five, six bonds. Hell Yeah. Nice. All right. Uh, The second scene is when we first face danger. Danger can be anything, and the instigator of danger can be anyone. In this scene, scare each other. Put yourself in danger and demand help from the other. Be afraid and insecure about your abilities and escalate the situation whenever possible. Remember that this danger is not final, nor should it be. You will have world-ending danger to face at the end of the game. At the height of the danger in this scene, you should make it... Make it out by working together and saving each other from harm. At the end of this scene, the other planet is uncomfortably close now and takes up the majority of the sky. There is no doubt that collision is coming. 
This game is very good. I've got to say. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, the wages that we can face. Um, I'll do mine first, as you just read a chunk. Um, for the for the rider, I will know the danger intimately from some past event. I will rush headlong in front of my friend, even though I have no scales to protect me. I will spit spit blood to the floor and wipe my mouth with the back of my hand. I will fall off the dragon mid-flight. I will black out at the worst time. And as the dragon, my wagers are, I will deafen the area with a defensive roar. I will become so hurt I am unable to pick myself up. I will endanger the rider because I am too afraid to face the danger. I will consume something valuable with my flames in order to protect the rider. And I will face the danger to my own detriment. Slight spoiler of what's coming up next, because I really feel like the writers of this game know their bullshit when it comes to fanfic, because there's when we first face danger, and then the immediate after scene is when we shared a comforting embrace. So I really appreciate the hurt, comfort, powerful vibe that is uh, waiting here. This is it's good, is what it is. It's very good, is the thing. Okay, which of these wages do I want? Hmm... Do we want to decide what the danger is before we choose our wages? Or do you think that is cheating? I think that's cheating. Okay. That's why I asked the question. Okay. Ooh. So I've wagered three and Jade has wagered four. <laughs> Interesting. Oh, well. <laughs> so... How does this scene begin? So, and you're completely free to veto this, I'm thinking because it's still the winter months. Mm -hmm. um, food may have been scarce for a neighboring settlement, and maybe they've struck out to Ooh. to raid our settlement. Yep, I like that. I like that a lot. And I don't think this is the first time this has happened either. Raiders have hit the village before. I feel like there may be a good fishing village and like so they get a lot of produce from the sea so maybe winter isn't as in some respects as hard for them as it is for other places mm -hmm. but they don't have like farmland so there's certain things they definitely don't have Yeah. So, but like they have like effectively fresh meat when other people don't but yeah like Theo knows what this is like and I think how close do we think the the little cave that they hang out in, the one that isn't the grotto, is from the actual village? Uh, I'm wondering if it's close enough that Parker would have heard things happening, or whether Theo would have to come get him. I think it's more interesting to me if like Parker could hear what's going mm -hmm. on. Like, Love well, it. actually, I have a question: Is Parker the only dragon in the village? Hmm. I want to say yes. Okay. In this village, at least. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like it if Parker can hear it and come running. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the first time Parker's seen the village get raided. Yeah. Okay. I think that's where we pick up is Parker hearing the sounds and maybe seeing smoke in the distance. Mm-hmm. And they just fly in and mm -hmm. swoop down to where they know Theo's home is. Mm -hmm. And that's that's 
that's his first priority is them. How are are they uh-huh. are they safe? What's going on? Um I think Theo has already um Theo is not a strong person. Um I'm imagining I'm my my brain has defaulted to fantasy settings uh because dragon and and D because I am what I am. <laughs> um so like Theo's not a brawler, but like they're already out of their house. Uh, the home they share with a couple of other people, like, uh, family members, and they've got like a bow and arrow. And because um, I think in the panic, they haven't even their first thought wasn't Parker because they're not used to having Parker in their life. So their first thought was, well, this is what I've always had to use in the past. And uh, they see Parker and they just sort of like lower the bow and arrow and just sort of like. Uh, throw an ar- throw their arms around his neck just like I'm really glad to see you Parker's just like I'm I'm glad you're okay but what what's going on what do I need to do we should we should do you, we should get over to to the and uh, like they can't speak that but they point to sort of like where like the high wall maybe is of the of the of the village and um just like indicates that they they should get over there and uh, try and do something. Like get be- um, if we get behind them, maybe we can scare them off. Okay, and I feel like this is going to end up becoming a theme. Parker scoops up mm-hmm. Theo mm-hmm. on their back, yeah, and just lifts off. And mm-hmm. um, when they get on the other side of the the high wall, they land. Mm-hmm. You know behind behind the raiders and mm-hmm. they just they kind of whisper to Theo in as much as a dragon can whisper cover mm-hmm. your ears uh, Theo does and Parker takes a deep breath which Theo can feel between his knees or between their mm-hmm. knees um, mm-hmm. and lets out just this bellowing roar it's it's not terribly deep because Parker's rib cage mm-hmm. isn't that large, but it's still mm-hmm. this deafening sort of noise that's meant to completely uh completely demoralize the the raiders mm-hmm. and I think it works on a chunk of them for sure um and like some people just hear this dragon roaring and are just like, yep nope uh and just sort of like abandon their attempt and start fleeing but there are uh some that either have heard dragon roars before or they're desperate enough for food that they aren't gonna let like this clearly young dragon scare them off and a couple of a few of these raiders start like heading towards towards parker and theo and Theo just sort of like scrambles off uh, Parker's back, pulls an arrow from the quiver on their back, and like uh, knocks an arrow, um, and just shouts at them to get back, and lets uh, loose with an arrow. I don't know how well the shot lands, but they're trying. <laughs> so, well, I mean, if we want to add add a sense mm-hmm. of. Uh 
chance to it, we can always roll for how well the shot lands. Yeah, I got a bunch of D6s next to me. What do we want to say? Uh, the higher the number, the better the shot is? Yeah. Cool. That's a five. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, arrow to the knee <laughs> happens <laughs> and, like, one of these uh, raiders goes down, uh, just, like, cursing and yanking it out. That doesn't deter the rest of them, though, and I think they're, they're still coming on. And one of them's got, like, this big club and is, like, getting ready to take a swing. As uh, as 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 they run up to Theo, yeah, Parker's not having any of that. They they mm -hmm. like, God. The only way I can think of describing this is like they mm -hmm. they like it's like dragon drifting, where they they kind of mm -hmm. like scramble to scramble to get in front of Theo, but like spin out a little bit so that way mm -hmm. they're they're not quite able to get purchase in the snow. Yeah, but they're uh -huh. still. They're still in front of Theo to take the blow yeah. for them. Uh-huh. I'm going to roll to see Ooh, how well uh -huh. that goes. Mm-hmm. So that goes that goes reasonably well for Parker. Um, uh -huh. it, I rolled a four on a d6. So um, if we're going by forged in the dark rules, that's a partial success. So I think they uh -huh. definitely, the raider definitely doesn't get Theo, but... Uh, Parker probably gets clocked in the head. Mm-hmm. 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 But they're able to to shake it off. Oh, uh, is it too early for some psychic linked bullshit? It's never too early for some psychic linked bullshit. Okay, I think Parker takes the hit and stands the hit and can withstand it. But Theo, it's like they've been hit too, and they just sort of like hit the hit the snow. Like they've taken a hit to the head, like the impact got them, and they black out and hit the snow. Oh no! Oh no! That oh no! Parker is just like absolutely distraught now, mm -hmm. and fires off a jet of flame to uh, get the the raiders to go back. Mm -hmm. And let's see how well that goes. Mm -hmm. Just piling our own mechanics on here. Yeah. Well, I mean... <sighs> yes. Uh, yes. I rolled a six, so it goes really well. So the raiders start retreating from Parker. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. Parker... I don't, think, I don't think he's seeing red necessarily, but the fact that mm. Theo has somehow become incapacitated, like, mm -hmm. he's just like on a tear he's not going to let these these raiders come any closer and so mm -hmm. i think he just keeps keeps up with the flames yeah and i think actually you know he backs he backs them up against the high wall mm -hmm. but he ends up the flames get so hot that the high wall also catches fire yes good love it but as soon as the raiders appear to have scattered like he doesn't even pay attention to the high wall. That's not his priority. He goes back to to Theo and just kind of like nuzzles at them. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's good. Um, and I think that com uh, com uh, combined, wow, words, 
with the smell of burning, uh, Parker is already stirring, and um, this sort of fo- they're fully awake now, and because uh, it's that good good shit, um, their nose has started bleeding, but as a uh, as like Parker does them awake, they sort of like they get up and they sort of sniff a little bit, and um, they uh, shake their head and just spit. And, like, this, like, massive globule of blood just, like, hits the snow uh, next to them and wipes it away. And just looks at the wall burning, looks at Parker, and just, um, but sees the fleeing raiders as well. And just, um, puts their hand on the side of, like, uh, Parker's hand just, like, rests their forehead against his. And it's just like, thank you. I don't think Parker says anything. I think they just close their eyes. Yes. It's the good shit. That sounds like scene. Yep. Sounds like scene. Okay, so let's uh, tally up our wagers. Tally ho. Okay. I got my four. I got my three. We're very good at this game. <laughs> such angst gremlins. So that means we got seven total. Seven total. Dora, and I just wanted to thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed us, please consider leaving a rating on iTunes, telling your friends about us, or tweeting about our show using the FTLcast hashtag. No, seriously, we crave the validation and it helps us out. Your support really means a lot. Thanks again!